Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Dedicated Podcast. My name is Caitlin. Thank you so much for clicking play on this episode, and thank you for giving this podcast a chance. Um, first things first, I have to say, um, pro tip, if you haven't trimmed your hair in a while, go and do that. You probably need it. Your hair probably needs it. I'm saying this because I recently trimmed my hair, and I know I do it every few months, and I probably don't do it nearly enough for my hair type um but man is it a game changer um my hair can be extremely difficult to take care of can be um probably because of my own decisions and um my lack of experience um so um now that I've realized that that trimming my hair more often is actually what is needed to keep my hair looking healthy in the way I want it to man oh man so underrated. I know a lot of you are probably already, like, you already know this. Like, why are you telling us this? We know this already. Sorry. It's just not so evident to me. And I was having issues with my hair for a few months. And I didn't know why. And I wasn't even realizing how bad of a problem it was until I decided to trim my hair again. Even if you just do it yourself, like, very carefully. Take the time to do it yourself. Man, it makes such a huge difference. Anyway. <laughs> there's your pro tip for the day. Um, <laughs> I just had to share it. I actually wanted to continue talking about my um, upbringing in church. Um, I think I think we talked about it in a previous episode quite a bit, and there was just a lot more I wanted to share with you, a lot more that I think more lessons could be derived from my experience. And a lot of you listening probably grew up in church. Um in whatever denomination that you're a part of. Um, I don't know exactly what my denomination was or is. I don't really, I'm not really into denominations. I've said this many times and I haven't really explained it yet, but I will eventually. I don't think denominations are necessary. I think it actually goes against God's character or against his, his will for his people. And um, yeah, but you know, Church was a huge part of my upbringing, and it was really important to me, and it shaped me in a very, very big way. Um, so, yeah. I remember last time we were talking about how I was on the band, in the worship band, and that was a lot of fun. That's one of the main reasons why I still sing to this day. I sing a lot. I don't do a whole lot of it. Like It's kind of a hobby, you know? You know, I try to get better at it. Sometimes my health fluctuates and the quality of my singing obviously fluctuates with my health. Another reason why you really want to get your, your body in shape, because man, oh man, a few months ago I was e eating very cleanly and I was fasting quite a bit, a healthy amount, and my body wasn't responding very positively. But not only my body, but my voice. Like my voice felt so much more free and so like much less contained and much less um up um what's that word oppressed I guess you could say it's hard to find another word to explain it properly but I felt like my 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 throat wasn't tightening up so much as it does now it was it was easier to project anyway another another reason to get your health in check because man it really makes a difference on every part of your body. It really does. Um, 
So yeah, I do a lot of that now. And, you know, it would be nice to do more of it in more serious ways because I do enjoy singing a lot and I do still get kind of, you know, stage fright a bit, even though I've done quite a bit of, not not quite a bit, I did, I've done some theater. Um, but actually having enough time to get used to singing in front of people, it's not, you know, you have to really go out of your way to find opportunities like that for yourself. I haven't really been able to do that. So, you know, sometimes I sing with my mom or my sister, or, you know, and um, yeah. I don't don't think I'm bad. I'm pretty decent for keeping a tune. So I owe all the, I owe all of that to my my upbringing in church. I think um, my my family can be quite musical, and my sister has a lovely voice, and um, she was a lead singer for our church band. And um, I remember for much of the time on the band myself, I was her backup vocal, and um, it was a lot of fun. I remember being recognized as someone who was very animate animate in my worship um and I looked like I was having a good time and I looked like you know I was I was inhibiting or inhabiting allowing the Holy Spirit to inhabit my my praise um as I was praising and as I was singing and it was very evident um in my in my movements and in the way I was singing and in my facial expressions and stuff. And it really was a special experience. I miss it a lot. Um, I wish, um, I wish I could do it again. There are, there are times where I wonder, man, like when I was younger, I kind of had this idea that I would kind of grow into that role myself of being on a worship band and the way my sister was and have that authority and have that influence and be able to, um, use my, uh, use my abilities, no matter how limited they are and my passions for the Lord in that way. Um, sorry, I just made a weird sound with my lips. <laughs> I don't know if that registered. <laughs> so weird. Anyway. That's what I expected of myself. Um, and I don't think anybody else really, I thought I told everybody this, like this was a, what I expected to do with my life was kind of walk in my sister's footsteps. I don't think anybody really encouraged me to go that way. Um, but nobody said I couldn't either, I don't think. So it was just like, you know, as things kind of devolved in my house and, you know, things have slowly been like, unraveling with everyone's relationship with each other and within my immediate family, my, my goals and aspirations for myself kind of started unraveling too. And, um, I thought I would have the support and the stability to be able to, you know, travel abroad the way my sister did and, um, meet new people consistently and, you know, make, build more bridges with, certain people and create those opportunities for myself that really did, did quickly devolve as the issues especially between my parents were becoming more and more evident and my older siblings and yeah as the younger person of a big family with you know older siblings and their lives take center focus or although they would they would probably say that our lives were taking center focus because we were the young ones it felt from our perspective that we weren't um, we weren't 
we were we were just there. You know what I mean? We weren't things weren't being done for us. We were just that's a really weird way to put it. I don't want to seem like ungrateful because being the youngest two, me and my younger sister, the youngest two in the family, obviously we were important. Um, but things were starting to, you know, things were coming out that were really unpleasant and um, people were behaving out of anger and frustration and we were just there to witness all of it and it wasn't fun and that made me that made me want to be the kind of the peacemaker of my family and that would mean you know there were a lot of times where i was like trying to voice what i what i wanted and i really didn't feel like there was anyone there to guide me step by step towards the goals that i wanted for myself um in fact my sister my younger sister i have to give her a lot of credit because she and i know i know i'm on a tangent another tangent here but i think this is important um, I really have to give my sister credit because she's younger than me, but I didn't have the have the motivation to start college until she started, until she started looking into it, so we did it together. Um, we both kind of got our driver's license together, like I said, even though we have they're a few years apart. Um, we started going to certain classes together that now we still enjoy. Our, our, our tastes and passions are kind of similar. And... Um, our values are similar. And my sister is very good at her research. She likes to look things up. She likes to um, make things very clear for herself. And I've had a problem with doing that. You know, I just kind of expected other people to, you know, explain things to me all the time. And I guess in a way I kind of do still do that now. It's probably a, a vice of mine. Um, but, or I should say maybe a not, I don't know, I don't know what you would call that, what you would call that, but uh, whatever it is, my sister was better at figuring things out for herself, and so when she was decided upon trying out college, that was when I was given the motivation to try college, because then we would be going together, and um, yeah, it's a great thing to have a sister that close, or sibling that close, so that, you know, the world looks scary sometimes, and sometimes you don't have the support of other people who you expect to have support from to try new things and having that sibling there does make a big difference. Um, so yeah, um, I forgot how we got to this point in the conversation, but, um, that felt important to say. And I'll delve back into that part later. So yeah, um, Singing, yes. So I was on the band, and um, yeah, and I, I, my sister went to a, um, a leadership college in Australia, I believe. That's what you would call that kind of college. And um, she got a lot of experience, you know, singing in a choir and getting more of that leadership, church leadership um, experience and background. And Maybe one day I can have her on the podcast and she can talk more about that and I could like pick her brain about what she would have done differently or what she appreciated about her experience um, when she was my age or I guess a little younger than me. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, and she, I just really admired her, her talent and her leadership abilities and um, her insight. 
And I really wanted to emulate her. And, you know, things just didn't work out that way. And that's okay. Totally okay. Um, but I do miss that environment. I do miss that purpose. Um, leading others into worship. leading, uh, Inviting the Holy Spirit to inhabit the place of worship. So other people can feel welcome and invited and feel safe. And, you know, we can all fellowship together in within in the Holy Spirit and sing beautiful songs together and play wonderful music together and bring all sorts of talent and potential together in 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 harmony like that. Um and there's so many aspects about that. It's just so fun. Like I said, I think that's one reason why I like performing arts so much. Um and that's kind of if I had my dream job like my job would be just performing arts all the time. That would be really cool. Um, so, yeah. Um, I really appreciate that about that experience. That was, yeah, I did that for pretty much the whole time, like for most of my time there, part of the team. When I started going to youth group, um, Man, and sometimes I forget exactly when I, when we left church, when we stopped going to church. I feel like I was in my early teens, but I kind of think that I I was older than I actually was when we left church. I think, yeah, I think I started going to youth group kind of early, quote unquote. I was 12, 12 years old when I started going to youth group. I want to say, I feel like I was older though. Man, I can't, I can't get it straight. Sorry. Um, that was fun. By that time, I felt a bit estranged from my friends. Growing up and up, up to that point, my, I think I felt anyway, that my parents were a bit more sheltered with me and my sister than my friends' parents were with them. So there were certain activities that we couldn't take part of because my mom was very, um, adamant about our safety, which she ought to be. She's a good mom. Um, looking back, you know, I just wish that more other opportunities were made so that we didn't feel so left out sometimes. Um, and we still felt a part of a group, even though, like I said, that was a, that's a weird time, you know, it's a weird time where you're figuring out hierarchies and figuring out what, who who likes you and who doesn't and and what your style is and how important it feels at the moment and how you have no sense of style, which I felt like at that time. That was a phase where I was just wearing jeans and a big hoodie, a big, big hoodie all the time. Very self-conscious, became very self-conscious. And I remember there was a, you know, a time... Like when I went to when I started going to youth group, I was excited about it, but I always kind of leaned more towards hanging out with the the adults more than my own the people my own age. Even though I had grown up with them, um, I think we were just going down like we were finding out our values were different, um, we were becoming different as we were getting older and. Our lives were looking a lot more different, and navigating that was tough. Um, and, um, and I felt very self-conscious. And I would just go to a youth group, like I said, just to play Guitar Hero and eat candy. Um, 
we got a bit of a, a bit of a preaching, you know, from the, the youth group leaders. Um, they were quite good at that. Um, but that's not really what stood out to me at youth group as much. And um, I wasn't able to go every single week. I don't know, remember why, but I was kind of just an infrequent attendee of youth group. So that's also why I kind of felt left out a lot. Um, I got really good at Guitar Hero, though. <laughs> and like I said, I became, I felt like I became more friends with the adults at youth group rather than the kids my age. Like the teachers and the, and the, the pastors, the youth pastors there, I became friends with them more, I feel. Um, and at that time, I was not going to school, public school anymore, but my friends were. So the influence of public school, I saw that in them too. So that's also what made me feel very different. Um, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I guess what I learned most from that experience, um, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, I don't remember being like, I remember being trying to be myself as much as possible and you know that feeling of not being yourself like your your you being yourself not being good enough just was very it, that felt very evident to me like that that feeling was really there and I didn't really know how to deal with it in the moment but, you know, that's that's obvious. I think we all feel those kind of things at that age, you know. Um, and it's, it is just all very difficult to navigate. I hope that when I'm, a, when I'm a parent one day, God willing, that I will be able to help my teenage kids through that time gracefully and be able to help them develop their sense of self and their identity in Christ um, while also, you know, being able to listen and, you know, help them, help to guide them toward purpose instead of trying to fit in or trying to find what makes them different from everyone else. Um, and of course, I would want to keep them safe, but I don't want to shelter them from all the bad things, you know. And I would want to be able to talk to them and and make sure that they know that they can talk to me. That above their friends or their siblings, I am their first line. And teaching them that the Lord is also their first line. And whenever they need help, whenever they're in a jam or when they're confused about things, I don't want them knowing, like figuring things out in the world. I want them to, to understand that as God's people, we, this, this world is not our home. And while we are here, we are, we behave differently than how the world would naturally behave. We work on our, our, we, we are disciplined in kindness and trying to do the best good as, as possible. Um, while the world is just naturally not good, you know, modern society, and that they can navigate the world while they're living here um, in the world, but with, with a light shining from them. They have to know that 
they belong to the Lord and the Lord will always be there with, be there with them and that they can, they don't have to be, they don't have to be subject to the standards of the world. Meaning that, you know, earning a lot of money is not what's going to make them successful. Um, and that helping your community and your family and, and assuming responsibility where you can is tremendously important. And it is not talked about enough. You, you, you derive your purpose from the responsibility that is not being taken up. And you have not only the opportunity, but the duty to take up the responsibility that has not been being taken up by others. Um, I'm starting to learn that now as a 28-year-old. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about that quite, really, really well. I think I'm, I'm reading his Beyond Order book. And it's taking me forever to finish it. I'm such a slow reader. But, you know, I love how he talks about taking up responsibility. And, yeah, I think that's something that you should instill in your kids before they hit that that um, that age, that awkward age that I'm talking about when I went to youth group. And all you're thinking about at that time is how other people see you and pent-up feelings that you don't know what to do with and... Um, you know, how you look and your changing body and, um, yeah, I really, I really hope that I can do that for my kids one day. Um, and it was kind of all exacerbated. My, my feelings were all really exacerbated by the fact that like, um, even though I was still kind of helping on the worship team, kind of, I, I think I wasn't doing as much of it at that time. Um, but the, my friends had made a band, had formed a band for youth group. And as they started practicing more, um, they were given more opportunities to play and uh, play together. And um, that felt really, it felt really bad to not be included in that. Because um, I would have totally... I mean, I think that they, they asked if I wanted to come to practices and stuff like that, but I didn't have it, I didn't have a reliable way to get there, so it's not a commitment that I was able to take to take on. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if that was a good thing or not, if there was it's a very nuanced situation. Like I didn't feel particularly close with any of them anymore at that point. But at the same time, I wanted to be close with them still. And um, the fact that they were building something, creating something that was so cool and I wanted to be part of and I didn't know how to be because of how limited I felt and probably limited I very was in a lot of things at that time. Um, yeah, it just it wasn't possible and it was such a weird thing. I remember, I remember the pastor like introducing the new youth band to the whole church, the whole congregation. It was such a special moment. And I didn't even know that they were going to do that that day. No one had told me. And I remember standing in the hallway outside of the auditorium, looking through the, 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 the window into the auditorium from the hallway and watching it all unfold and seeing all my friends who I'd grown up with and had, was once so close with, you know, 
being being appreciated and acknowledged for something new and cool that they were doing and and um I wasn't a part of it basically it, it was interesting because like our youth group was very small and um we rarely ever brought like outside kids into our youth group into the church so most of the youth group was also in the band um in one fashion or another in one way or another and um yeah as someone who had been there you know at the church for just as long as they had all have been if not longer it was really weird to not be a part of that i haven't thought about this in a long time um but I, I did feel a lot of that at church, too, in different ways. But you know what? Looking back as well, like, that's something we all kind of go through, right? I mean, haven't you guys ever felt, you know, left out or or um, unincluded in certain things or felt like an outsider in a lot of things? and Or maybe the way that your your, your family culture was different from your friends' family cultures and um, that took priority above above your friendships wasn't wasn't that difficult I mean I'm pretty sure we all go through that at one point or another so um again reiterating what I was talking about before you know if if I ever have children one day you know these these things do stay with you um and when you're a kid you don't really remember all of the like, how should I say this? I don't know. I, I, I feel like the hindsight conversations I'm having with, like, my mom and my sister are very enlightened, you know, about that time now. You know, we're, we're all understanding about it, and we're all, um, we've all learned from that time. And we all, I think we would all think that going, if we had to do it all over again, that we would do things differently and more gracefully and more compassionately and more empath, with with more empathy. Um, But I would hope that I could acknowledge all of that, you know, I, I could acknowledge and understand what teenagers can go through, you know, and really guide my own kids one day through that time um so that I don't have to look in like and in the in the far future after that I don't have to look back and have regrets I don't want to have to look back and and with sorrow and shame or disappointment in myself that I wasn't there for my kids and that they didn't trust me enough to give me all of their, you know, and, and, and the thing is, as adults, we often look at their problems, the problems of young people with through our own lenses. And like, as an adult, you've got a lot of things on your plate. You've got a lot of things um, that seem w- way more important than just, you know, teenage drama and stuff like that. But as a kid, that's all you know. That's what, that's what's your important, that's what's important to you. That's your life. You know, for us, it's bills. You know, what if you can't pay your bills on time? For a kid, it's like, what if I can't go to so-and-so's party? What if this person who I thought 
liked me was actually gossiping about me. You know, what, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if all these, all these seemingly trivial things that we look back and think like, ew, like, why did I ever think that way? It's so dumb. But as a kid, as a teenager, it's not dumb. It's your whole life. It's, it's important to you. And I don't know. I think there's, there can be more, there can be more, um, effort put into empathizing with the younger people, the younger crowd and trying to put yourself in their shoes and helping them make wise decisions, you know, while they're going through these problems and helping them know to, to know that you are there for them, even if your problems and their problems look totally different. Looking down on your kids' problems just because they don't seem as important as your own problems, I don't think that's the, really the way to go. Do you? Do any of you think that? That, you know, we should just dismiss their problems because they don't have the maturity to understand that what they're doing through is not that important in the grand scheme of things. I hope I never make my kids feel that way. What they're going through is important. What they're going through is part of life. It's, it's you know, all part of the coming of age time. And um, it's a rite of passage. It's, it's necessary, you know. But you don't, have to, you don't have to do stupid things. Maybe you do. Maybe once in a while there will be a do stupid thing you do. And I'm not trying to say you should, you should shelter your kids so much that they never have anything stupid happen to them, as long as they're safe in the long run. You know what I mean? And then as long as they're told what they're doing is not right, if, if that's the case, and you teach them how to, how to create justice, how to bring about justice out of the bad things that, are, that they took part in and understand their role and their future role as a, a man or a woman in their community, in their family. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, that's my goal. That's my wish. And I look forward to that time. I look forward to... I look forward to taking what I've learned... In, in my time um, as, as a young person growing up in a very, very flawed space and um, making sure that those mistakes aren't made again. And if they are made again, that they're handled in a better way. And any curses that are being passed down from my, from my ancestry that could have caused certain things to happen in my life that those curses are cut off. And I don't pass those things down. Ways to cope, uh, ways of coping with, with the bad things that happen. Um, how we respond to criticism, how we respond to the world, who we marry, um, how we raise our kids, our eating habits, the friends we make, the kind of friends we make, what we do in our free time, how we 
make use of our time, the importance of education. Um, yeah, all those things. That's what I'm hoping to incorporate into my future adult life. And yeah, um, that was that is basically the gist the gist of my time at church. I mean, there are little stories here and there that I could share later if you all want to hear about them. I have quite a few of them. But obviously, these stories involve other people that are have lives, and I don't want to um, give them a bad name because they're all just people trying to live their lives, whether or not I had a good relationship with them. But yeah, that um, I I appreciate. I appreciate being raised in church. I think if you're going to have children and you want the best possible outcome, as long as the church, as long as you protect them from creepy people, I have encountered a few creepy people at church. And it's not like church is is devoid of all creepy people. Please keep that in mind. <laughs> um, as long as you're keeping them safe and you give them boundaries and... Um, they're getting something out of church, something positive. It's better than not getting that positive thing out of church. I think it, it's it's important for all young kids. Um, yeah. So so thank you again for listening to the to what I have to say and for clicking play on this episode. Um, please tell me what you thought about the lessons that I've learned from my childhood from my upbringing. Um, please find me on Instagram at dedicated underscore podcast. That's dedicated with a K. I'm also on Twitter. I'm trying to get back on Twitter because I had to delete the app and um, I have to update my phone. Praise the Lord for a new phone sometime soon. I'm really hoping so, so that I can actually have Twitter on my phone <laughs> and communicate with you guys. Um, so yeah, um, we, again, this is a every Monday show, so please come back next Monday to listen to the next one. You all have a lovely rest of your day. Jesus loves you. I am praying for all of you. You're all fearfully and wonderfully made. You're all beautiful people. You have so much potential. God loves you. He's looking out for you. He's there waiting for you to have a relationship with you. He is, he sent his son, his only son to die on the cross for your sins because you are not perfect and you never will be, but the Lord is here to raise you up into into somebody who you never thought you could possibly be. He is the fullness of truth. He is the fullness of, of righteousness, and he will never leave you or forsake you. And because of him, we can be so much better than who we have been. We can be priests and kings and queens, and we can be... Um, we can be the help that our community is looking for. So I hope you all believe that. I mean, I mean it, every single word for each and every one of you, no matter who you are. You have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.